tell people how you feel. If they don't feel the same way or they can't appreciate you being totally authentic and honest, then that is not the person for you. Obviously, if 2020 teaches us anything, shit happens and you're going to need someone by your side that is there for the right reasons. And I think there's why, that's why there's so many breakups right now. You are such a Hi, everyone. Welcome back to You're Such a Catch podcast. I'm Erin. You're Such a Catch is a podcast all about dating and relationships and women empowerment. However, we do have quite a big male following. So I am glad we have men that tune in and listen and engage on social media and all those things. Why? Because this is a great platform for you to dial into to hear exactly what women want and what they don't want. (laughs) It's really not that hard to reel us in. And all of my listeners are catches as we know. So this is like basically the cliff notes for, you know, really in the catch of your life. So (laughs) take notes, men. Speaking of men, there is one I want to give a special shout out today. He once texted me, you're such a catch as the heroine for my heart and soul. I'm addicted. Now, I don't know if this particular someone is such a fan because, you know, maybe you've heard the song where the lyrics go, my man is my man is your man, heard it's her man too. (laughs) Oh my God. We have a joke because I'm always hitting on his man uh, in the most polite way ever. Not really, actually. I I once gave him a lap dance at the Abbey. Neither his man nor I remember it, but Angel, I'm talking about you, girl. Oh my gosh. Angel has been the biggest supporter since I started this podcast. I love him dearly. He's always giving me topic ideas. He's always giving me feedback. And recently he dropped on bended knee. What does that mean? He made a pledge on my Patreon page, You're Such a Catch Unfiltered. And he dropped on bended knee. So thank you so much, Angel. I really appreciate you believing in me, cheering me on, and just being such a good friend. And I thought this was appropriate because today's guest was a former NFL cheerleader. And I know Angel loves a jock, okay? If you want to make a pledge on my Patreon page, you are such a catch unfiltered. You can make a pledge as low as $3 a month up to $50 a month. There's all different levels. It's really easy to do and any dollar amount is appreciated. Uh, to get there, go to www.youresuchacatch.com backslash unfiltered. You'll get access to bonus podcast episodes. You'll get access to blog posts depending on what level you choose and some other goodies. So yes, check it out. If money's a little tight right now and you can't break the bank for your girl right here, no problemo. You can still help a sister out, share an episode, send one to a friend, like, subscribe, and follow. That's all I ask. Thank you so much for that as well. And let's get to it. Okay, so as I mentioned, today's guest is a former NFL cheerleader. No, it is not Amber (laughs) from the Chargers. It is Michelle Russo. So Michelle used to be a St. Louis Rams cheerleader. She is also the founder of the Dime Series, a host of the Sunday Scary Show, 
Now, if you don't know what that is, I am super intrigued by this and I have volunteered to go and participate. And I'm going to take Erin, Aaron in tow. So she hosts a dating show in the basement of a brewery. And basically after you chat all things dating, she asks you, dare or scare? And based upon that, you know, you do one or the other. If you elect scare, you basically go into whatever the depths of the brewery where things have happened and oh, paranormal activity. So yes, I mean, super crazy, but I'm here for it. And I'm going to drag Aaron to St. Louis so we can do this. But she is a ball of energy, which you will obviously see and super cute. And she is just doing all things. Okay, tell me everything about you because I didn't know like you were engaged. Oh yeah, I well, See, no. I'm thinking you're here in the trenches with me, like oh, laboring no, over dating apps. <laughs> oh no, no, I've been in those trenches. Believe me, I know the dating trenches all too well. But it's funny how quickly you find yourself outside of that damn trench. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> tell me how long did it take, and what is the secret sauce? The secret sauce, a hundred percent, I can say with full certainty is to be, show each and every one of your weirdo cards and like lay it on the table day one. And if they walk, let them walk. Okay, that so tell me what, what is a weirdo card for you? I would say like for instance, um, down to what our, our my new show is, Sunday Scary Show, where we're talking about dating stuff and then chasing ghosts because some people would be like, oh, you don't believe in that stuff, do you? I'm like, well, let me tell you. I love paranormal. I love hypnosis. I love the subconscious mind. I love all that kind of stuff that people would be like, oh, well, that's just woo-woo. Uh-huh. You got to find somebody that lets you just be you. They come home from work and you're burning Palo Santo, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone's into it. (laughs) I freaking love it. Well, okay. So having a book and a podcast about dating and stuff, like that didn't scare them away either? No, no. I found one that was so, I couldn't scare them if I tried. And I tried. And that's where like self-sabotage kind of just jumps in. And I think subconsciously why I had so many dating fails is like I was testing people. And I was not knowing it. I mean, just like seeing seeing if they were willing to stick around or like willing to do the things like I needed them to do and show me they were trustworthy and show me that they were in it for the right reasons. So I really pushed back against my, my poor now husband. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so how did you actually meet your husband then? So we, we met actually in the sixth grade. No way. Yes. Okay. Uh In the sixth grade and then reconnected later in life. It's funny. I went to, I had a phone call with a psychic and the very first session, and this was like when I was in just like the pits of dating fails. I mean, like the worst mm-hmm. stories, as you can see in my book. <laughs> but um, I said, I just got to know, am I ever going to get out of this? I feel like I'm going to be in this rut forever. Am I ever going to just get married? Just tell me yes or no. That's all I need to know. She said, nah, you're not one of those people where I can even give you an inch. She's like, I'll tell you this. I won't even speak to you about getting married until you're 31. I was like, what? I'm 26. I don't care. Uh-huh. When you're 31, we'll talk about it. And I'm 31. Just got married on no Saturday. No way. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. So the psychic, how did you find her? And did you only go to her because you were like, I need help in my love life and I just want like a glimmer of hope? 
That's exactly why. It's the glimmer of hope thing. It's not something that goes against a religion. It's not woo-woo, I don't think, to me. But I'm not... Yeah, no, I've been to a psychic, but I I don't think I've specifically gone for, like, love advice, if you will. You're looking for that glimmer of hope of someone to be like, oh, it's going to be okay. This great... Well, that's why I want to know... Right, and that's why I want to know, like, where you met your man. I want to know, like, how you went, because your book is called Suddenly Single... Modern mm-hmm. Tales of Fairy Fails, Fails, right? Yeah. Which I love because Thanks. we all are kind of looking for that fairy tale because that's how we grew up, right? We grew up, grew up watching like Disney movies and like, and then we progressed to like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and we're like, yeah. ooh, that's what it should be like. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and it's not, right? Yes, exactly. So, yeah. so you're writing this book and I have to ask you this as well because I've written blog posts and... Oh, I have kind of like a spoofy Instagram about dating as well. And someone once said to me, well, Erin, you're putting all this out there. And that's probably why it's coming back to you. And I'm like, oh, so I mean, if my listeners follow my both of my accounts, they've noticed I haven't posted a lot on the spoofy one lately because I'm like, maybe I should take a little pause from that and try to put some more like positive energy and and effort towards dating and relationships. So you'll attract whatever you put out there. But I think, so I'll go back from the very beginning. So I cheer for the Rams and I, all during the time that I cheered, like I was in seven year relationship. And then immediately after that ended, I was right into a three year relationship. So for a a span of 10 years, I was completely tied up. And loyal as could possibly be. So I didn't even pay attention to what was happening on dating sites or any of that stuff. I thought, like an idiot, that I'm going to just enter the single world. It's going to be so great. This is going to be my moment. People are just going to be nice and can't wait to meet these gentlemen. (laughs) 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 Kind of like the anticipation I had for 2020. Like, this is going to be my year, which it, it has been a good year. But in some ways, in some ways, not at all. But getting married was great. But yeah, entering the dating world, I thought would just be this ultimate experience. And it was an experience. Right. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. Just a shit show. Can I cuss? Of course. Oh, of perfect. Course. Okay, yes. great. <laughs> I'm Italian. I don't know how else to speak. <laughs> yeah. So you re-enter the, the dating world after 10 years of being in a relationship. And what is your first move? Like, what app is it? And how do you? Bumble. It's Bumble. Okay. Bumble. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder, what I, I, hmm, I wonder what I should say. And I think the first thing I would say to guys is like, hi. And then I, I would get a response like, come sit on my face. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm surprised you got that on Bumble. Now, Tinder, I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. Yeah, but Bumble, I, I haven't had that experience there. Really? So maybe, no, not on Bumble. I think you just get what you get. And that's what I needed because I needed to be just knocked off my chair, which I was in so many ways. So I would just start these text messages in a group chat with my friends and be like, God, this is horrible. And then I would meet a guy out and go on a first date and it would be such an epic bomb. And just like any other girl, everyone's like, these are so funny. You've got to write this down. You've got to write this down. So I did started the dime series blog. And then the blog turned into a book and it took four years because I had to really you know, space it out. Couldn't let people know who's who change the names, sure. but essentially every guy gets a nickname. Because you're trying to explain to your married friends with a newborn baby, like Mike. And she's like, Mike, Mike, which one's that? I'm like, oh, like <laughs> motor, motorboat, you know, motorboat, yeah. of course. 
<laughs> no, that is so true. So that is so chapter, true. Yeah. So every chapter is the nickname of a guy in his corresponding story. These are oh, not I love people it. I dated long term. These are just people I met out, terrible first dates. There's like two, maybe two semi long term, like couple months talking okay. to somebody. So but, tell me, tell me what you think your worst date has been or was. I wouldn't say so. Well, there's a, there's nothing but bad dates in that book. But the right. funniest thing that happened is one of the guys I was talking to for at least a month, month and a half. And you go through so many bad dates that when you find one that seems like it has potential, you're like, perfect. Yes. I've, I've, I've done my due diligence. This is the one. This is going to be great. He just so happened to live out of town. There's a lot of stuff that can go wrong long distance. Not to say that people shouldn't do it, but for me personally, born on October 13th, maybe it's a little bit of, like, unlucky (laughs) over my shoulder. I don't know. (laughs) For me, I had been bragging to my sister about this great guy that I met. I'm like, I'm going to marry this guy. I mean, this is, this is it. This is like, oh, please. He lives out of state. I'm like, I don't care. This is it. I'm telling you. Time goes by. We're at my family's house on a Sunday dinner. My sister is laying on the couch watching HGTV. Okay. And I come in the door, like ready for Italian Sunday dinner, walk in and see this guy. That I'm the, guy you're, the guy you're dating. The guy I'm dating. Is on, on HGTV. HGTV on House Hunters with his girlfriend of five years. Like, what? What? I'm like, that's the guy. And she's going, that's the guy? I'm like, that's the fucking guy. I cannot watch HGTV. I don't know what the hell Chip and Joanna are doing. I cannot watch it without cold sweats. Oh my God. Okay. So did you ever, were you like religious watcher of HGTV or is this totally no, like but a nobody a took it away thing. from me. No, no. I right. Mean, but, but like, I mean, what are the freaking chances? Like, you're at your family's house. It's not something you normally tune into. Your sister has it on TV. You walk yeah. in the room, and boom, there he is. There's the guy. I know of all the episodes. Holy shit. That yeah. is wild. Okay, I that know. is a great story. Okay, what chapter is that? So when I read the book, I, Ooh, I'd have to think. <laughs> I might have to skip to it. <laughs> I didn't really pay attention to the numbers, but his chapter name is HGTV. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> so you'll that- know just who he is. That is so wild. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is crazy. Yeah. So tons of those stories and four years to finally get it out there. But I reconnected with my now husband right before it was about to go to publish. Okay. And there were so many fears about like, oh my God, he's going to be scared away. Because some guys would hear that I was writing a book and be like, are you going to write about me? And I thought, well, you mm-hmm. would be so lucky. Like, as if I, <laughs> as if I would tell you, like, legality, sir. I can't tell your ass any of that. <laughs> I get that too because what the second a guy finds out that I have a dating or a podcast about dating, he's always like, "Well, are you going to talk about me?" But they almost like want it, and I'm, I'm the same. I'm like, mm, no. And and if I do, I never reference obviously their their name or anything. I mean, they could probably put two and two together, but mm-hmm. well, the right person will just let you be you because Joe, Joe is my husband in the beginning. I would ask him advice on some of the articles I would write, like for a guy's perspective, because I just have a super strong personality. And we had an interesting, because I was like, what do you think's the deal? Why, why would someone like me have such a problem finding a guy? And he's like, well, it's obvious. I mean, you have it all figured out for yourself. You, you've done it all. You, you have your own your own job. You bought your own dream car. You bought your own house by yourself. You don't need anybody. So I'm sure these guys just think, well, where the hell do I belong? Because guys need to be needed. And right. I kind of like sat back and was like, well, oh, damn. I bet. Yeah. You're- <laughs> uh-huh. I, think, I think you're right. So we always had a really good perspective. 
And then did he did he kind of disclose like how he likes to be needed? Or did you then kind of rework how you go about things like as you guys were building your relationship? I was aware of it after that point. I was aware like it hit, it did hit home, struck a chord. And I thought like, that's got to be, I was just, I was also playing to the people so much that it would be mm. impossible to really connect because I would be just nonchalantly being like, oh yeah, I w- oh my gosh, I would love to meet you at Buffalo Wild Wings. No, I would not. I, why don't they serve me anything on a real piece of, like a real plate? <laughs> why is it plastic? I don't want to go there. I'll get it for takeout. Oh my God, it is so true. I was just thinking this week, like I could probably build a whole business around helping men with their profiles because <laughs> as I'm like scrolling through, I am like, who thought it would be a good idea to put that blurry photo of you up? Like as your leading photo, like guys are just so, you know, Do you come feel on. That way? No, I, okay. Now looking back, I appreciate those guys more because if a guy has it, totally figured out with the best photos, the best lines, the best bio, like you're a professional. At this point, you're not in it for anything other than you're here to window shop. You're going to waste my time. So I would rather have a guy that is so awkward, so terrible at everything, but is just like a good guy. I'm a sucker for the nice ones though. Are you? I think that's that's good because so many of us are out there looking for the bad guy. So yeah. Those guys, Mm -hmm. they'll break your heart. They're the worst. They are the worst. Get they a good are the guy. Worst. You're going to need a good guy. It's 2020 if that teaches you nothing. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, so I have a hard time being att- like attractive. <laughs> Is that bad? So I, this past weekend, I did go on three dates. And one guy, like if, if you were like, okay, this guy right here, he's like the good guy. But there's something that made me not as like physically attracted to him. And I don't know, like I was like, ooh, if I could combine all three of them, that might be like the man. <laughs> well, actually, okay. You know what? That's that's a good point. And you can like you don't settle. Then oh, now, yeah. now, like if the, if they have these three standout qualities that you really would be looking for, you'll find it. But yeah, it's almost it. like you have to <laughs> fairy fail your way through until you're like, okay, well, I don't want that. Don't want that. Definitely don't want that. This is what I want. I think that was more of my case. I had to fail my way to finding the one. Well, I feel like I'm failing. I'm having tons of fairy fails. Like, yeah. <laughs> and for, yes, for years. So I've been single probably, gosh, for seven, eight years probably now. And I mean, dating the whole time, but not anybody of like substance or that I could see myself kind of being with. Mm-hmm. But I'm also very much like how you were. Um, before you met your husband, where I'm independent, I can manage on my own. And I have been told like a little bit of like a damsel in distress. And that's hard to do because I think it's hard for me to ask for help too, but like in a relationship. But I do really appreciate when a man like opens a door or pulls out your chair or does those like chivalrous things that remind me of my grandparents' relationship. And most, I think most independent women crave that. Like they, for me, that's all I want is to actually be treated and pursued like a lady should be. But I think maybe the vibe I was giving off was just, she wouldn't even be into that. Like she's going to say something really sarcastic and rip me apart with a joke if I tried to, mm-hmm. to do So we're like sending these mixed messages and maybe just not even realizing how that reads to a guy. And I can only imagine... Because if you look at how many guys date girls, and I'm like, oh my 
God, like, look how needy this one is. She's like, you got to take care of this. This is like, you're paying her car and her rent and taking care of her child. Like, but they're, <laughs> but it's true. you know, they know exactly where they belong and they know they do a good job at providing. And that's what they want to yeah. do. Oh even gosh. if it's even if it's just give like provide you know not that they have to provide for you financially it could be providing like the emotional support that you need but from the outside like a real tough bossy old bitch doesn't appear like she needs any help or <laughs> inside we're just craving it like someone give me a hug I know. I have such a hard day at work <laughs> <laughs> this is also true I'm like you are mm-hmm. speaking to me okay so it is on my bucket list not. I shouldn't say my bucket list, but it is like a dream of mine that I keep putting out to the universe that I would really love to be with a retired football player. And I know that you have so much experience with the NFL. So I want to know, what's it like, like to be a cheerleader for the Rams? Amazing. Best time is of it? my life besides now. Really? Okay. So tell me about like, yes. how'd you get involved in that? And like, how does it even come to be? So I am scrappy as the day is long. If someone tells me no, it's probably also why I had trouble dating. If someone tells me no, I won't hear it. I don't care. It doesn't, it no means nothing to me. So, so I had no dance training whatsoever. And, none. Um, none. I was a hockey cheerleader in high school because I went to Catholic school. So my options were to cheer for women's basketball, which no, thank you, which would be real cheerleading which I didn't know how to do, or you could go for the all boys school. You couldn't Ooh. cheer football because that was a real show. You could be a hockey cheerleader, which means you stood on the sidelines and you clapped your hands. Okay. And, and, I, and you wore a cute outfit. That's it. That is the extent to my training. But every year we would have like a competition where they would have us do like a, I don't know, like a 45 second routine. Such a joke. A five-year-old in toddlers and tiaras could have ran this routine. But they brought in a former Rams cheerleader to teach us and okay. choreograph the whole thing. I thought she was the greatest. So I told her, I was like, I want to be a Rams cheerleader. And she said, well, have you ever been to a Rams game? I said, no. She's like, well, do you, are, did you ever, like, are you a dancer? I'm like, no. She's like, okay, well, <laughs> it's going to be the hardest thing you ever do because these girls have been in a studio since they were three years old. But you are a good speaker. And I think you'd be good on the community service kind of stuff. I think you'd be good on camera for all the interviews you do, but it will literally be the hardest thing you ever do. So I was like, okay, no problem. Went that year, tried out, cut first round, laughed off stage, Mm -hmm. which is like getting cut first round at American Idol. Like people that show up that are like, I was in the parking lot. I thought I'd just stop in and they have no business there. So I should have quit, but I was like, damn it, I'm coming back next year and they are going to say my name. I'm going to make it to the second round. That coach is going to read my name. And I ended up making it the second year because for that year in between, I did nothing but eat, sleep and breathe, learning how to dance. Wow. So, wow. And and then, so how long did you do it for? And do you, when you're a cheerleader in the NFL, you don't travel, right? Mm, some girls do travel. You don't go, okay. you don't go to games necessarily. Maybe sometimes if you're on a a trip and there's there just so happens to be a game, you can sit in the stands, but you never cheer on another girl's turf. That makes Got sense. it. So, yeah, no, that um, for sure does. I have, a, I have a favorite cheerleader, so I'm a huge Chargers fan. 
And I have a favorite cheerleader. Her, I named her Amber. She doesn't really, I shouldn't say this out loud because I'm giving away my bit, but she doesn't really exist. But <laughs> I, I, so, I, I, she is like my absolute favorite. And what I like to do is in the stands, I start cheering for her. Like when the Charger girls come out mm-hmm. and then I get everybody around me to start cheering for Amber. <laughs> That's amazing. But she's not real. She's not real. The second they so have, the second they have a cheerleader named Amber, I'm screwed. But yeah, there's always like three Britneys and a couple Jessicas yeah. or whatever. Oh, but right. there has not been an Amber. But my Amber does travel with the team. She does. She goes with them when they go. Awesome. <laughs> she, she does. I've seen her. I've seen her in Foxborough. I've seen her in London at Wembley. I've seen. Did you go to? Did you go to Wembley? I did. I oh did. My God, I was a psycho. Amazing? We shared. We shared Wembley one time. And it was the most amazing experience. Oh, I loved it. I mean, it was so cool, too, to see, like, when they did our national anthem, but they also did, like, the Queen song. And I was yeah. like, oh, I love this. Yeah, royal. <laughs> it was. But, like, oh nobody there understood, like, the game. Which was, So I, like, spent part of my time, like, trying to educate, like, the nice British people next to me. And they just, it was they like, don't, They don't cheer. They just stand there and stare at you. So we would be doing routines and stuff, and it would just be silent. Just like, oh, yeah. oh my all right, gosh. well, thank you so much. I, I must find my seat now. <laughs> uh, do you have any wild stories you can share about about your cheerleading days and maybe players? Is players? it a bad? Yeah. Tell me about any. Give me any dirt, girl. <laughs> dirt on the players. Well, I, I, w- I mean, I wish I had actual dirt for you on them, but I never had any bad experiences. They kept us pretty separate for the most part. They did play a lot of pranks on each other. No way. Okay. Yeah. Danny Amendola, one point, one of the, Laurenitis, I should know his first name. Laurenitis, what is his first name? My coach, if she was listening to this, would be like, are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend with the last name Laurentius. So I get them confused. But anyway, they love to play James Laurenitis. There you go. James Laurenitis got a new car that he was obsessed with. So Danny Amendola, which was the guy that was dating Olivia Culpo forever, and obsessed mm-hmm. with her, took the keys to his car, pulled it in the middle of our practice fil- field, and then filled it all with crickets. No, like why? I mean, bought, he bought boxes and but I don't even. I guess he went to a tackle store because there's plenty of those in Missouri, and just like crawling with crickets. So there were crickets all over the training field for a week. Disgusting. Oh, my, I was like, that is the meanest prank. <laughs> why would you do that? Yeah, that brand is brand new Audi. Oh my gosh, that's wild. That's yeah, crazy. But otherwise, I, I never had like bad experiences with them. They were just like they were funny. They were good guys. We did a ton of community service. It was the oh, best. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that was a big loss for St. Louis for them to leave. Oh, I bet. Well, now Rams are competing with the Chargers for LA. Well, there's not much competition. I mean, we don't we don't have that huge of a following, and that's fine. I'm okay with it. I've been loyal. Really? I've had. I I I am because I don't want fake fans. I don't want bandwagon fans. I, the, the crew that I've been kind of rolling with for years now, like I know they're in it through and through. We have like a special bond because <laughs> anybody can, who can endure such loss, like yeah. still show up and still have a positive attitude and have fun together. I mean, you and Amber, you just have that quality. You're just like, you're there in it for the right reasons. <laughs> we're here. 
I am. I am. Yeah. So, so it is, this is a true bucket list thing. It is on my bucket list to go to a game in every stadium. So I'm working on that right now. I went to to Dallas earlier this month and I'm going to go to Miami at the end of the month and cross those off. So it's super fun to me. I had a single bucket list. A single bucket list. Oh yeah. I had one for sure. I mean, because, and I think that was one of the catalysts to getting where I wanted to be because I finally stopped worrying about what it looked like for everyone else or like you can spend all day editing your profile and your pictures and everything else. But when you're like, what damn it, like what works for me? Or if I'm going to be single, I'm going to find a way to enjoy this. So what are some things that I could probably only do when I could be a hundred percent selfish, hundred percent self-involved. And because the inevitable truth is when you're with someone, they might not like the things that you like. True. So I did, I like took my grandpa on a coffee date, something I'd always been putting off. Oh, like, that's cute. Yeah, planned planned different events with my girlfriends, whether it be like a book club or like a supper club where we would just get like a cookbook and then everybody take one recipe out of it and just prepare nothing but something from that specific cookbook. For okay. So that was oh, cool. cool. Strikes and champagne, bowling party, just anything stupid, but just fun stuff that I had great memories with my girlfriends and my family. And I got yeah. to be 100% just there and in the moment and not worried about getting home to my boyfriend. Right. Or having to check in or yeah. Yeah. Somebody did tell me, so I had a girlfriend who we used to go out all the time together and we were obviously both single and we would just be kind of scoping the scene together. And she met a man, they started dating and then they got engaged. They got married. They went on a honeymoon and they got pregnant all in like a year. Like it happened like boom, it happened. And when I talk to her now, she's so funny. She's like, enjoy your single years because once they're gone, they're gone. And once you start having kids, like you don't get that time back. So she's like, my biggest kind of grievance is I shouldn't have been complaining about being single all that time. I should have been embracing it and doing the things that I wanted to do and just really like living my best life. So that when I started my new chapter... I didn't have any regrets or things that I wouldn't be able to do until like your kid is now grown and out the house. And then it's too late. Then it's a little bit, you raise some eyebrows when you're at the club trying to perfect your WAP dance. Like get out there, girl. (laughs) (laughs) The best you're ever going to look because love chug is real. And like you go out on all these dates once you find your person and then you're like trying keto and all this other bullshit that doesn't work because you've got this extra 20 pounds of weight. (laughs) Oh my God. Amen. Sister. You'll never, you'll never you. look better. You will never have more just chances. Like you could leave your house in absolute mess. You could spend every night in the bathtub with a different podcast or a different book. You could do so many things in your own time at your own pace and you will never get that time back. Yeah, that is so true. So tell me how you got into the paranormal activity. Oh, by accident. Like like somebody came to visit you, like a like. Oh well, no, I've had plenty no. of my own little ghost. I've had plenty of my own little ghost stories, but this really, I wanted, I wanted a way to showcase St. Louis, and I just thought it would be a fun play on words for Sunday Scaries, which is typically in St. Louis at least associated with like, oh my God, like these dates were horrible. Now it's mon like Monday's coming, and I've got to go back on the dating apps because the guys I, you know, met on Bumble over the weekend took me to some terrible first dates. So yeah scared to start over. It was fun to be single from about Thursday at four o'clock until Sunday at six o'clock. 
Uh-huh. And then it and then it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're back to like crap. Start over. So yeah, I just thought I thought it'd be a fun play on words and I wanted to showcase the Lent Brewery, which okay. is one of the top haunted places in America. Ghost Adventures. They've they've come and done done episodes there at the Lent Mansion. So I just thought it would be fun. And the next thing you know, down in the basement, like hunting these ghosts, and it's just rolling with it. Oh my gosh. So tell me, tell me a story about something that you experienced down there. Because I'm a believer. I I definitely believe in that type of stuff. I do too. I will say when I whenever I would watch Ghost Adventures and they would talk about like the energy. Like uh-huh. and if you if you watch the show, Aaron that's on there is like the ultimate hype man. Like I want I wanted him to introduce our wedding party because he's always <laughs> like, no, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, there's a ghost down there, and I feel like I feel some type of way. And you, when they talk about the energy, I always thought it was bullshit, but it's so true. There's something with the lamprey in the basement. There were um, multiple murders that happened down there. They like oh. held a couple girls captive after the after the building had just sat vacant for a while. So I guess they call it the package killer. You can Google it. Just some huge rundown old brewery with cork lined walls, so no one could hear you scream. Pitch black, so like he could bring girls there, and they would be totally just discombobulated. They don't know where they are, and they died there. So when you go down into the basement and into the very haunted pit where the, mm-hmm. he kept these girls captive, your legs shake. Like it feels like I've done a thousand squats with none of the actual effects of that though, because like my ass looks the same, but. <laughs> wild and every single guest that I've had I challenge them to dare or scare okay dare I mean could be anything like I'll make you call your ex on on camera and everyone always takes scare and that means you've got to go down to the haunted basement I send you down by yourself no I send you down with the camera guy and I've been going down there but I like I hate it I really hate Uh going down there yeah and we had a little bit of paranormal activity in our new house. So I actually have not filmed the show since June. Okay. I had to take a I had to take a break from it. And now it's like it's Halloween time. It's time to we have a couple backlog episodes that have to come out. And it's time for me to sit down and kind of tell the story of what happened and why there was a break in Sunday Scaries. Because like now people are they're tuned in and they and they want to see what's going on. And like me and my husband are now thinking what the hell? Like, what if we bring something else to the house? Did we bring something to this house or was it existing? I have no idea. Beforehand, yeah. It's like what we were talking about with attracting the bad dates. Like, the more, you know what I mean? The more you talk Mm -hmm. about them. But, oh, I wouldn't have, I mean, I didn't think about that, but I guess, obviously, that could have happened. I don't know. I don't know if it's that. I hope it's not because, like, for the show's sake, it's just, it's it's spooky and it's fun. It's just a play on words. And a way to just, like, record in a really historic spot in town because everybody thinks St. Louis is a sleeper town. No, no, no. There's a whole nother world happening out there. Oh yeah. my goodness. So do you, did you stage your place or? Oh no. Um, we tried that. That didn't do a damn thing. I had wow. two mediums and a priest. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I love that you're so connected to, you've got a psychic, you've got two mediums, you've got a priest. What else do you got over there, girl? You got an astrologist? Uh-huh. No, I got a little pumpkin. Actually, no. You know what? I don't have an astrologist. I need one. Yeah, I would. I would love about, to learn more about that. <laughs> about the astrology stuff. Yeah, me too. I know I'm a Libra, and I know I am like a Libra through and through. Terrible with decisions. Like very creative, not organized. 
love to just meet people, have a good time, but like probably not the person that you would hire to be your wedding planner. Mm-mm. Right. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of your wedding, tell us a little bit about it and like wh- wh- how was your proposal and all of that? Was it did you have like a vision for yourself? Like, were you one of the girls like growing up where you're like, oh, mm-hmm. my, me neither. Mm-mm. No, I played with yeah. Hot Wheels, not baby dolls and yeah. not like, not like Barbies. Uh-uh. So I, I really didn't at all. But Joe, Joe was, he always says like, oh man, if we just would have reconnected 10 years ago, or if when we met in the sixth grade, if we would just have stayed together, I said that it never would have worked. worked. I would not have appreciated you as much as I do now without all of those horrible dates. So for anybody listening, keep that in mind. I wouldn't change a thing, even though where I'm at now is exactly like everything and more I could have dreamed of for myself. I wouldn't change one minute, one moment spent like crying off my fake eyelashes <laughs> in my cereal bowl in the morning because of a terrible day. And it's so funny because whether it was someone you date two years, two months, two weeks, it's still rejection, it all hurts. It sucks. You still have to wallow in it. There's no way of getting out of it or around it. You can try to outdrink it. You can try to keep yourself too busy. You can eat all the cake in the world. Doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you have to sit and wallow in it. Every right. little, every mm-hmm. little bit. So uh, that in mind. But no, the proposal actually was in Italy. No way. Oh, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So you were there just like on vacation and him and I were going to go there because we're both Italian, both big, huge Italian families, and neither of us had ever been. Okay. So I wanted to get married in Italy, and he refused. And I was oh. like, ah, fine. Well, when we go, we need to get professional pictures taken because I'm going to decorate the church basement or wherever shitty place in St. Louis. You make me go to get married. Uh-huh. We're going to decorate it and make it look like it was as Italian as we can get it. Because I, I just had no vision for a big wedding, but here we are. So we hired a professional photographer, not being engaged, but I knew one day we would be, but I truly didn't think he would do it in Italy. Uh-huh. And so he did. And then the next surprise, I we were walking through the streets, like so excited to be engaged, turned the corner and there's my family and his family. Uh-huh. And we got to, yeah, we got to spend a week together with them. It was just the best, best experience. Oh and my I'm gosh. So grateful. Kudos to him for pulling that off, like international travel and like getting yeah. everybody there and having oh, them. Oh, you don't even know. We actually got stuck in Newark's airport for three days. The rest <laughs> of the family made it over to Italy. And it was like that black cloud from being born on the 13th. I don't know. Yeah. We kept missing every single flight. Like we couldn't get through security in time or something would go wrong or something weather. And by the third day of being in the airport and so up and down of like, okay, today we're going to make it. Because it'd be 13, 14 hours a day in the airport trying to catch flights. I'm like, I'm going home. I'm not doing this. I'm leaving. Oh, my gosh. He must have been so stressed out. Oh, my goodness. It was like a movie. He was dying Uh, inside. Wow. And I can't believe nobody, like, accidentally slipped and, like, gave it away. No. But by that point, I was so tired I wouldn't have caught on anyway. Right. I'm trying to call my family to bitch that like this is so terrible and he won't let us come home. <laughs> and I, none of them are answering, answering their phones because they're already in Italy, little do I know. So right. I, I'm like, my family is the worst. They never answer when I need them. God, I'm stuck <laughs> in this airport. It's been three days. I'm wasting my vacation days. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I'm leaving. Oh, that's that's awesome. So you you ended up 
having this fabulous vacation, not only with your fiance, but also with your family. Mm -hmm. And then how long did you wait before you actually got married? Probably a year and three months, I'd say. Okay. I wanted a long engagement and then struck at 2020 really hit hard. So we didn't know. I mean, we just got, just got married and we probably didn't even know if it was going to go through until three weeks ago. Wow. So did you get to have your full on wedding or did you have to like cut it back and, and reduce the, the amount of people? Well, here's the thing. So life always works out for you, whether you see it or not. So initially we picked these two, the church and the venue were so big and like the venue holds a thousand people. We were going to have 300. And I was like, how are we ever going to make this? Like, how are we going to fill this room? It's going to look ridiculous. That was our saving grace. Same for the church. The church hold, was going to hold 500. We ended up with only 170 people, but the space that we had, I mean, people were more than socially distanced, oh, the whole uh-huh. thing. But I'm, I'm grateful that we went through with it because you can't really stop your life with things. Sure. It's an unlikable thing to say, but I think you can certainly alter it and be safe. But for us personally, we didn't want to wait any longer. So we just took the necessary steps that we needed to to make sure people were safe. And I'm glad we did. Right. Well, I feel like a lot of the things that I'm experiencing right now, I mean, I definitely went through the period of time where I was like, just isolated in my own home and I didn't go out at all. And I, you go through those different emotions and feelings and thoughts on the process. And then, like you said, then you have to also come to the realization like life does have to go on. And so now that I'm out there and I've flown and I've gone to Dallas, like for me, I think that is such a special experience too. Like I got to see a game with 20% of the fans there yeah, and, and be in that stadium with hardly anybody else and, and just have that moment in history. And like, you're going to look back at your photos and you are going to remember this year as a pleasant one. And, and one that like, who can say they got married during a pandemic? You can. Not too many people. I will say, now I did have my time where obviously everyone was ordered to quarantine and that was the way things were. And then when, when things started to be a little bit more lax, we were pretty cautious with things too, but I realized I was living in fear and Mm. I was tired of living in fear. Mm -hmm. No, I I agree with you. you. Yeah. We all have a history of being fearful of how are things going to work out, but we all have to learn how to adapt and overcome to the best of our ability, obviously keeping others around us as safe as possible, but there are still ways to live around this. Even if you still want to go virtual, like, okay, single girls, get yourself a virtual happy hour once a week with all your best friends. Right. No, I agree. I mean, the one thing I haven't been able to figure out, and maybe you have, you know, some helpful hints for me is waxing. I mean, I can, I tried, I bought the wax strips. I'm like, I, mm -mm. oh no, Amazon has a wax pot. You need to have hard wax. You don't uh-huh. need strips because everything else will burn your skin. It has to be hard wax. It's fun. You don't, think I'm gonna take off, you don't think I'm going to take off part of my brow? I don't know that for sure. Um, it depends <laughs> on your personal skill. <laughs> Which I think is lacking. <laughs> like a lip, you can't screw up. Um, if you try to do your own at-home bikini wax, I don't advise it. Like glue my ass to my carpet floor. Like don't just... Don't leave it to the professionals. <laughs> I mean, that is my only qualm right now. I'm like, I've, I got the nails figured out. I'm getting the hair done this week. Like the waxing. I mean, the, the struggle is real, girl. It the is struggle real. struggle is real. Yeah. It is. 
Oh, so what can we expect from you next? I mean, are you going to now write a book about married life and and what it's like to be on the other side? That's going to be more like book number three. There is a lag in this. So the second book that will be coming out, I wanted it in 2020, but things just don't go as planned. So I'm hoping by Valentine's Day is called How to Slay Single. So it's more like how to come into your own, how to find a way to be the best version of you because you're only going to attract what you put out there. Mm-hmm. I know everyone's out there saying like, know your worth, but like also, okay, if you're not leading with your best foot forward, do you honestly think you deserve someone else to give you their best effort? Like if you're mm-hmm. rolling up like a slob and you're talking to seven other different people because you're not sure and you're not actually connecting with the person, being truthful and honest, but you think that you're worth more than them, like it's a, it's a 50-50 thing. And until you learn that, it's going to be a hell of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. Okay, so what's it called again? How to Slay Single. Single. Okay, so around Valentine's Day. Perfect timing. I can't wait. Yes. Yeah, so marriage will be like book number three. But I will say this about marriage. So what people don't talk about when you're single, the fear is always there, no matter where you are in this game. Maybe it's just for me and maybe I'm standing alone here. But I think I was so scared and seeking out from a psychic to just tell me like things would be okay. Like, just let me know I'm going to find someone eventually. So you're scared that you're never going to find your person. Then you do. Mm-hmm. Then it's, you think like, oh, everything's going to be great because like, this is everything I wanted. Well, guess what? Then you're scared shitless that you're going to lose this person. <laughs> what do I do to not screw this up? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, either way, all of it is just learning how to be comfortable with yourself, being your best self so that no matter where you are in the stage of the game, like... If anybody wants to walk away, whether it's a first date, a relationship, a marriage, let them walk. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cannot chase what's running away from you. Mm-hmm. No, I and agree. I, I, I'm, I ran myself oh, dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, so I'm a pretty passive person and I also put others before myself most of the time. I'm definitely learning to put Erin at the forefront. That's been hard for me. But I was married, and in that moment, we had a kind of this moment of, I don't know, he he said some things, and I was like, okay, then you can leave. And, and that was huge, but that didn't come from me. Like, there was some strength, and there was, like, this voice. I don't know I if do. it was like, yeah, but something spoke up, and I was like, okay, and I, and I let myself out of it. And I will say, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Like I am meant to be here. And like you said, you had to go through all your, your bad dates and, and all of those trials and everything. Like I would go through that all over again to be where I am today because I'm so much more appreciative of things. Mm -hmm. I feel so much more fulfilled and happy and just that I have a better understanding of self, you know? Oh yeah. Um, for sure. So I agree with you. 100. You'll be working through. You like just went the perfect engagement in Italy and the perfect wedding and all these things, it doesn't mean you're still not finding things about yourself. That like, oh, damn, like this, I feel insecure about this. Or what if something happened and he, he decided he didn't want to be with me anymore? Oh my gosh. I would, you know, so your mind just races in all these different ways. It doesn't go away. Regardless, you're, you're going to have to learn coping mechanisms, like ways to really just as cheesy as it sounds like love yourself and know you're going to mm-hmm. be okay no matter what. Right. No, no matter I agree. What. 
If you were to give one piece of advice to single gals or even single guys right now, like we're in a pandemic, I know a lot of people are really panicking about that saying, how am I supposed to make a genuine connection right now? I mean, what is your biggest piece of advice for for dating during this time? Check your pride at the door. Mm -hmm. That is my best piece of advice because we're always worried about how nobody wants to look or feel desperate or show emotion too soon. You don't want to be the first to text. You don't want to be, you don't want to double text, God forbid. I mean, because that would be, you don't want to like a photo. I should wait a little bit before I respond. Tell people how you feel. If they don't feel the same way or they can't appreciate you being totally authentic and honest, and that is not the person for you. Obviously, if 2020 teaches us anything, shit happens and you're going to need someone by your side that is there for the right reasons. And I think there's why, that's why there's so many breakups right now, because people are up against it, and, as they say in the South, um, just totally backs against the wall. And it's your time to shine if you can't, like, it just doesn't work out. I don't know. They're gone. So yeah. it's just so important to just lay it out there. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. I don't know that I always do that, because I think there is maybe like, some fear, apprehension, like you mentioned, like rejection earlier. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The more vulnerable you are, the more you put yourself out there, the more open you are to that rejection. But at the same time, I mean, it makes perfect logical sense. (laughs) Oh, I I still struggle with being vulnerable. I hate it. And I tell that I I think I was (laughs) crying about that three weeks before the wedding to Joe. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just so bad at being vulnerable. He's like, you've got to learn to get through it. Like, let's get through it together. But I... Still, I mean, it's it's still a struggle, but you have to do it. There are times when, you know, you can't just be so prideful and like, I don't need this. I don't need anybody out. Like, you you, you do need people. You do. You're not always going to win every battle. You're not always going to be having the last word. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's better off to just, like, admit that you're wrong. You don't have to be right. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The only ones um, you want to walk away from are the ones that you know aren't good for you. Which is always hard. Like I was just having a conversation with a girlfriend last night and she she dated a guy for years and off and on. And then last night they broke up again for the umpteenth time and, and she was really upset over it and, and his behavior. And as her friend, I want to console her and be there for her. But at the same time, too, I want her to have the realization like he hasn't changed and he's not going to change. And I think that's difficult because when you're on the outside, it's a lot easier for you to see it and your emotions aren't involved. But once you have those feelings and you're in the thick of it, it's really hard to see the red flags and all the, you know, all the alarms going off. You see them. You, I I mean, with every bad relationship that I had, I did see the red flags. I I saw them again in the beginning on my seven year and my three year. I knew why those relationships would end eventually. I just look the other way. Mm-hmm. You do know. And, and in your current relationship, was there a moment, like an aha moment where you're like, okay, this is it. He's the one. I don't know if there's ever a moment necessarily. I don't want to say there's some kind of Hollywood spark that everyone should be looking for. I think when you are willing to face your biggest fears for that person, that's your person. And for me to not be the the strong, independent girl that I don't need anybody. I can do everything by myself. I don't, I couldn't even tell you what vulnerable men, why would I need to? For me to change those things, like, and face my worst qualities and do all the work that it takes to overcome it, 
It's made me a better person, but that's really how I knew. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Michelle, you are like giving me hope. You're giving me all the feels and I'm sure you're giving all my listeners all the feels too. So if they want to pick up a copy of your book, if they want to read your blog or just follow you on social media, because I'm sure you're doing all the fun things. I follow yeah. you. I, like, <laughs> I I have NFL envy because I just, like I said, I'm, I'm just looking for that retired NFL player. So if you have any, you can send them my way. I will send them your way, but mostly I'm just posting <laughs> things from, so I'm like, here's me being a husband. I I uh, like to post with uh, typically no filter unless I'm telling you like flat out, here's a filter. Just be real with it. Like this is, this is the truth in it all. We're, I just like to cuss and have fun. Yeah, that's you know, amazing. Show you my daily life and what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, everything is at the Dime series. The blog does have a link to my book that's on Amazon. Suddenly okay. Simple. I can send you that for your show notes if you want. And I love it. Yeah, the Sunday Scary Show season two is coming out. It's on YouTube. Again, at the Dime series, you can find it. But more scary stuff is coming out. And the most recent, the, the soon to be most recent episode will be a doozy about okay. this haunted house of ours that Joe and I moved into and how oh. we worked through all that with our two mediums and our priest and we're just oh my God. I cannot wait. I am going to like, yeah, tune in. I will be like eyes glued. I am fascinated by that stuff and I want to hear what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to get the Halloween special out there to kick it all off. So that'll oh, be fun. yeah. at the end of the month for sure. But I'm I am a little reluctant, hoping that I don't bring home a ghost. So pray for me. <laughs> I will. I have some sage. I'll light it and send it your way. Send it on my way. <laughs> Smoke it out over here. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Michelle. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. I forgot to ask you one thing, though, and I just thought of it. So I want to know about your experience with Brandy Glanville. Oh, you know what? Brandy was actually so nice. And I know that that's probably not what people are expecting. I was expecting her to be such a brat, but she walked into the room for the show that we all, that we did together and she stopped and she introduced herself to everyone. Uh I didn't didn't even do that. Like I was too shy to do that. She just like waltzes up. You were too shy. You were on a stage with a microphone. Like I I commend you for that. It's still, that is something I had to face since I was a kid too. I'm actually very, very shy and incredibly awkward. So something I have to fight and face every day. (laughs) But I thought she was really sweet. She just, the more she drinks, the more she speaks and she speaks (laughs) the truth. And I don't think she lies. I don't think she lies either. I I definitely believe her in the instance of Brandy Denise, for sure. I believe her. I don't agree with the way that she went about it. Right. I think that's like, that seems a little shady, but I don't think she lies. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I, I would agree with you. I think she does kind of like feed off the attention and stuff. But I mean, I have no idea what that would be like. I mean, she was married, her husband cheated. And like, that's got to suck to be like, oh, like, and it's all in the public eye and mm-hmm. ne- never a fun, you know, time. And then to just kind of like have to pick up your pieces and figure it out. I don't know. But I saw yeah. I saw you. So so it was you, Brandy, Ben, and who was the other person? It was Cody from Big Brother. Oh, I was like, I knew he looked familiar, but I like couldn't like place it. I was like, oh, so that's super cool that you did that. I I love that. So you just kind of like went and you were on a panel and talked about love or something. Yeah. Talked about our our bad dating experiences. And Brandy was just like zinger after zinger. And I will say like Ben Higgins is the nicest, nicest guy. I felt bad for cussing in front of him. I really did. Oh, really? He's that? Yeah. Um, I think he's super religious. I'm actually really religious too. I don't understand where 
religion and bad words. I don't know why they clash necessarily. If I'm not in church, like, let me live. I don't think God cares. Right. And sometimes the only adjective you need is fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> is, is it enough fucking? Fucking? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's it. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I love that. Well, I love what you're doing. I am so proud of you for writing a book that's also on my list of things to do. And the fact that you've done it and you're, you've got another one coming out. And I mean, I just need to get my hands on a copy and read it. Is it on Audible by any chance? Not yet. I have okay. to do that. I put it off because I didn't, I didn't want to read the book back. Oh, really? Oh, and it's it's your own little masterpiece. So it's, I felt like I finally had to just put it down and be like, okay, we're going to publish because I would just change it constant. Like, oh, I should rework. You know what? It would sound better if I would word it like this. Mm, Yeah. I was like, I need someone. I go back and forth with having someone else read it for me, but I think it needs to be my voice. You have such a cute, like little accent too, that I, I don't know. I really always, so I listen to a lot of Audible just because I enjoy like walking and listening and, and, and learning. But I do like when it comes from the author. What I mean, yeah, it's something special. It's weird when someone else is trying to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you keep it up. I mean, and if there's anything I can do to support you, please let me know. No, same Um, here. Because I wrote that book with, I started my own publishing company just to do it. No experience, like nothing. Oh yeah, barely made my way through my English classes or writing classes in college. You can do anything you want to do. Thanks for tuning in to your Such a Catch. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to get your hands on a copy of Michelle's book, hop on over to my website. I have a link there to Suddenly Single Modern Tales of Fairy Fails. All right, guys, have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Tuesday, just like Charlotte said. Oh.